0: blog talk radio They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: Wow. Here we
0: go. We
1: We keep taking it away and bringing it back and taking it away and bringing it back. (laughs)
2: So how does so, the cycle goes?
1: Yes, it does, it does. So this is a a pre record for yet more of our travels that we go out in the world to do and, and experience so we can bring back more knowledge and be more rested and all of the things that, that we
2: do travel <laughs> <Yes>. for.
1: <laughs> right. So so other than, you know, I mean obviously we we are, you know, Ahead of ourselves in timing, but what are your thoughts right now in this moment about what's been happening in your life? I mean, obviously, we will be talking about Hera, but this is one of those where mm-hmm. there are things that come up, and I didn't know if there was something that happened mm-hmm. this week that brought this to you,
2: yeah, you know what's interesting is um I've been having I, I'm I'm going back, I've gone back to acupuncture um, for some stuff that's going on in in my life and in my body. And I'm, you know, like, you do all this spiritual work or personal work or development or whatever, and you think, like, oh, I've got it. Like, I dealt with that trauma trigger issue. I'm feeling better. I'm, like, I'm I'm back on top. You know, I've got it. I've, I've sorted out my stuff. And then, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like something happens, and your all your stuff is up again, and you were like, "Wait a minute, I thought I dealt with this. what the hell and you know it's not that that's kind of where I'm at, like some of the things I thought like were done and dusted are rearing their heads, and it's not because I've completely healed that you uh, you know what I've discovered in my years on the planet is nothing ever is completely gone you just learn better coping mechanisms uh, and so you get hit with things like waves and sometimes the wave is minor and an inconvenience and you get a little wet and you're annoyed but you move on and sometimes the wave is really big and it throws you backwards and you have to you know get up and learn that you remember the tools you have and Utilize them, or maybe those tools don't work anymore, and you need to learn more tools, or get a get a new tool, or whatever. So that's where I am, and it's frustrating, you know, because I just want, I just want to fix it. I'm, um, I'm very typically masculine in that sense, where I don't just want to talk about the thing; I want to fix it, you know. Um, and that's not working. <laughs> so I'm sitting in all of that. That's, that wow. is the world for me right now. And so I was, uh, we have a friend moving from the Bay Area to North Carolina. And we had a little going away party for her this week. And she she's experiencing some of the same physical symptoms that I'm experiencing. And she's a therapist. So we were talking about like, you know, we're, we're these people who are supposed to have our stuff together. And here we both are experiencing these things that would, that, you know, that could lead you to believe that I don't have my stuff together. Because surprise, I don't. Um, but she was saying that, you know, as a therapist, she really does see that a lot of sensitive people. And I don't consider myself like I'm not some special delicate flower, but I am. I do pick things up. I am empathic. I do. Uh, it doesn't cripple me, but I I do notice other people's energies, right? And right, she was right. saying that, oh, you know, her, she's noticed that a, pe- a lot of people who have that or are open to that, or even a little tiny sensitive to that are developing similar issues because they're being hit with sort of world crisis. Uh, and that part of it is social media because social media keeps it in our faces all the time. Um, so, uh, you know, I've been sitting with all of this, like my own stuff and culture stuff and psychotherapy and, and all of it. You know, it's, I feel like it's very interesting times. I don't quite know what to do with all of that yet. So I'm just, right now I'm just noticing it.
1: Um, right. Yeah,
2: I don't know if that answers your question, but I went off on a tangent there, so that's how no, I am. I think
1: it's, <laughs> but Then this is a very, very connected. I mean, both of us are in age brackets where you know that where we are is we are no we are no longer in the youth stage. We are in the you know right. the, the the mother slash crone elder stages, and yeah. it creates this kind of energy, and it creates the, the um, consciousness of what we're doing and whatever we have chosen as a field to, to do our work in, especially if it's dealing with helping others in a very intimate, personal way. It, it There's right. this other part of it that, that will keep uh, coming up, and you're right, social media and just mm-hmm. the... The consistency of of being bombarded by all of what's out there. I found that, you know, just as you're saying, I have been impacted by what's going on to up to do certain degrees, and then down, and then up, right. and um, I I feel it, not just feel yeah. intellectually, but emotionally, and even you know, somewhat physically. I was asking you earlier about the The sense at the beginning of this week there was a great drop in in people's energy in the in just you know wanting right. to go to sleep just so tired that there was no way you yeah. could function beyond that and uh, right I suspect that is part of what we you know what you brought up is the is the consistency of what happens in our lives in the outside world it's no longer. We hear about it, or we read about it in a paper, and then we go on about our lives. It's it's constantly there. So, yeah. But you know, so for me, it's been similar. It's it's not totally the same. You know, what you're you know, I'm not going to doctors things, but my chiropractor and I have become a little more friendly this week because of some things <laughs> that. My body decided it It was like, I'm not happy with your shoulder. Now, we're going to give you a little shoulder pain here. Or we're going to give you, the, you know, and I'm like, great, okay. So, you know, we go in and we do that and and then kind of work around the process with yoga and stuff. So my body has had its um, areas, but it's it's. if I look at it symbolically, it's about flexibility and movement. So... Um, right, right. So that kind of tells me, you know, well, that's part of what's up in my face. So that being said.
2: We know. should do a whole show about that because, you know, like what you just said about flexibility. Okay, so that's impacting your body, but it's also coming up in other places. And, and I'm having all this sacral chakra stuff, you know, so relationship and stability and intimacy and if this isn't my about my marriage like that's not what i'm talking about it's just about how available i am on it on that level and it's starting to manifest in ways very physical and if i look at some of my chronic health issues over the years they've all been related to that area of my body and my sacral chakra area you know very painful menstrual cycles and ibs and all these you know tmi things but um, I, I'm seeing the links of, oh, right, this is a physical manifestation, and this is also some of my other stuff, my emotional stuff, my spiritual stuff, and how do we unpack that and heal it and work with it and, and bring some sort of peace to that? You know, that's that's the right. place I'm in now, but, you know, you said it you just said the exactly the same thing about flexibility. So that would be an interesting show. We should put that on the list to discuss.
1: I think (laughs) if you you want to write it down, I think that that is a good one to to look at because some of the things that I think, you know, we've been talking over, you know, almost three years of doing the show, we do magical things. We do gods and goddesses and traditions and stuff. But I think, that may be the another level to to move into, i.e., the word "move." Ha ha, um, is mm-hmm. that kind of a situation of what happens with when we are challenged with things when we when we're doing this kind of work and situations in our uh, physical body start to to take on some of the things that we have not. Uh,
0: Mm-hmm. dealt with
1: or, or the dynamics, I think, you know, that has right. a really good and deep uh, way of, of taking our our spirituality in our practice because it's not right. about just lighting candles and making sachets and, you know, spell bags and all of that. I mean, those are really great, but there are other things that go into uh, right. what you do as a witch, as a pagan, Absolutely. as a yeah. So good idea. Like that idea. Okay. So let's just hope we remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down. So okay, <laughs> that is good, so cute. good, got good, right good. because down. one of us I'm sitting yeah. here with papers but I don't have a pen and I'm like going, No, I'm not gonna run and get a pen. I figure, you know, one of us has to be <laughs> I just will sit here with my yeah, papers. Got it. <laughs> okay, so Hera. Hera is a um He's a uh, well-known goddess in, uh, in, in uh, Greek and Hellenic uh, tradition. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it is one of a – it's been overlaid. And I think, you know, when I talked about it earlier when I said how I found what how deep she is, how big she is, um, because most of us have heard – heard about her and there's movies and books and things but they're all about the shrewish woman the woman who is yeah. um, jealous and all these different things which get is like a a reduction of her power and her impre- her presence so um, we can we can jump right in with that I will you know conf- I will defer to you because I know you you do a lot of you know, goddess of the month, and I'm sure Hera has been around. So you can kind of plunge in, and then I will take over at some point or say something brilliant, I guess, or not brilliant. Yeah. So go for it,
2: dear. Yeah, you know, and I think you said a lot right there with, you know, that, uh, well, one of the things I'll, uh, before I get too lost in my thought is, um, you know, we op- we're often remembering Hera as the wife of Zeus. You know, so already she gets diminished as this this partner and not a goddess of her own right. And one of the things that's important to remember when looking at um, Greek mythology is we tend to think that that's like, well, the Greek myths are the Greek myths, but they all come from older sources. Uh, they have our personal cultural overlay. Um and we don't completely understand the culture that they were written in, because we can't, because <laughs> we weren't born or exist in that culture. Um, right. And when when the Titans came, and I tell this story every time we talk about any kind of deity, but you see this happening in uh, polytheistic traditions all over the world. There were the, the Titans, the old gods, the gods of, of weather and land and ocean and... Um, uh, Primal forces, and then uh-huh. a sky father god like Zeus comes and tames those primal forces. And then the gods begin to look like us; they're less primordial forces. And for example, Oceanus is the titan of the ocean, but Poseidon is the god and the ruler of the ocean. Right? Poseidon's one of the tit- of the of the Olympians. So, where were the Olympians before they took over? What were they doing? right they're the children of the titans so it's not like the gods are uh, have existed since the beginning of time or have they you know because our also our concept of time is very linear and for what we know about aboriginal culture and native culture and if we can go back we can assume this of, of of indigenous european cultures is that they also do not look at time as a linear thing that's very very modern Anyway, um, so Hera gets boxed in as this as this sidekick of Zeus and, and quite the abused wife of Zeus. I mean, maybe Zeus didn't actually physically beat her, but he was constantly having affairs. He was constantly sleeping around, and it wasn't like she was okay with it. Uh, she was quite angry. Um, she was... Uh, very angry and often took her anger out on the other person or the offspring of that tryst and not on Zeus. Um, And and so that's an interesting thing that you have to wade through when you look at the stories of Hera. What is the truth of that? What is reality of that? What is underneath that? What's older than that? And not just go, oh, yeah, she was a spiteful wife uh, who couldn't keep her husband, you know, because there's more to it than that.
1: Good point. Very good point. That, And, you know, bringing it more culturally modern, that that whole process, that whole uh, structure has been brought through into um, present-day uh, life, present-day life. Uh, culture and we see it going through different I mean and again morphing into different parts but we see it morphing into Christianity and then we see it morphing into the and I'm talking Christianity because from the the Greeks to the Romans to Christianity is, is that kind of flow and it keeps going back to how to disempower the female and how right. to empower the male and without being, uh, you know, really on the edge of a political structure or environmental structure now, um, we are in the throes of that process uh, erupting into something else because of the way the dynamics are. It's actually being, I mean, totally being played out in the human form of what we, what the, the transition and how much, Pressure was put to keep and put Hera in her quote place unquote. You know.
2: Mm-hmm, that kind of mm-hmm. So um. right. Personally, one of the things that I've uh, that I did some work with Hera around because I I've, I'm sure I've talked about this a million times, but uh, I worked a retreat where Dionysus was our our god for the week. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. you can't tell and, and you can't tell his story without talking about Hera because she is a huge part of his story, of uh, and she's the angry stepmother. She's the angry, vengeful stepmother in that story in the myths of Dionysus. And one uh, and I really look as a stepmother. I really looked at some of myself in that story and the places where I was jealous of my stepkids and the places where I had resentment about their relationship with their father and, and how I didn't quite understand how I fit into it. And I'm also a stepchild, right? So I've been on both sides of that coin and I get it. It's a very odd and interesting relationship, but I also looked at how she's been pigeonholed into this angry, vengeful woman, but she's also the initiator of Dionysus. She pushes him to madness, right? That's the, that's the myth she she makes him go crazy because she's so mean and abusive to him. However, she pushes him past the status quo into ecstasis, and that's what brings him to godhood. She is his initiator. And if right. we can look at this story and take off some of this patriarchal overlay of her as the divine mother goddess and her bringing him through an initiation, it's a very different story. And that is what Personally, that's what Hera revealed to me in my working with her is not so much like, yeah, there's all this baggage, and that's cultural baggage, but your spiritual stuff is about initiation and transformation, and it's not pretty, stepping from you know we talk the the butterfly metaphor gets used a lot, you know the caterpillar has no idea what's coming, <laughs> and that's true and when it's transforming it's it it turns into goo and it's I'm assuming it's a painful experience. It dissolves into nothing and rebuilds itself. That's not easy. That's an initiation process. It's hard. And the person that guides you through that has to have, you know, over feel of steel because watching someone go through a painful process and not being able to just give them a Band-Aid and tell them it's going to be okay, like that's what every parent dreads, not being able to just solve the problems of your children but they have to go through it on their own. They, our, our pain is ours, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot with, my, with the work I've been doing around my body. Um, you know, I had a very painful menstrual cycle this last moon, and I, I laid for an hour in extreme pain, and, and it's very isolating to be in pain. And as much as your loved ones want to make you feel better or they rub your belly or pat you on the head or bring you a hot tea, you're still going through it by yourself. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. and how hard that must be as Hera to be the initiator, to be the one that guides people through these really hard transitions and help them get through it to the other side
1: right right, and you know the 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 power that she had when this was what she did um with before the 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 Zeus and the northern invasion that took over and did all of this is that she was a incredibly powerful deity and representation and you you realize that I just had and it's funny you just mentioned that I just had an experience with um, a client about something that was happening in their lives and um, I explained it as... You have to get out of your shit and step into what we I would call the priestess, the goddess. You step into yeah. that part, and it was dealing with a with a loved one and something that was going on. And I, and it, my explained what happened with um, my husband and when he was dying and what that required me to do and what I had to do. Um, I mean from where and who I am, not necessarily that I had to do it because it was mandated by some other point of reference. But it was very important, but how painful and how excruciatingly isolating it was to step aside from that part of who I am in this relationship to who I need to be. And that is part of what Hera, that is really who Hera is. And even her demoting is... Um again, it's that which we have to do to initiate to the next level. And sometimes that next level isn't, as you say, we don't know it and it's very painful while we're going through it, but then there's something else so intensely beautiful once it happens as the butterfly takes off and flies into the, the beautiful air. So... Um, and I know we're talking around a lot of different things, both personal and, and uh, external world. But it is important to realize that she is a goddess, more so of feminine transformation, and that's hard for people to understand because they don't. Most of us don't get it until we start to get into the middle right. of it. You know, then it kind of because it's very personal. It it hits very right. Uh, very absolutely. Much yeah. So. I know, you know, there's a lot of Hera that we we may not get to in truth because every myth that they have, you know, that has come from the Greek traditions has cast her in formats, except when she kind of took a shine to Jason and the Argonauts and, you know, kind of helped them out and kind of stuff. But it's the way they wrote it. And it's funny, when I was reading and finding this, this is what I found – You've said this over and over again when we've talked about the goddesses and sometimes when we talk about the gods, but we don't, there are so many different versions of the myth or the story because of so many different locales or people that in the, in the Greek traditions, the different writers that wrote because they were in different locations and these were the This was the story of that location. That when I started reading this, I kid you not, I just you know I started going, oh okay, so this is myth one for this. This is myth two for this. This is you know because it was Mm -hmm. it was it could either be really great or it could be either really bad, and it was it was how that locale really felt about that deity and specifically about Hera. So. It was a big eye-opener, and it was kind of, um, it's amusing because you get to see why it was changed, you know. Mm-hmm. And when we are asked questions, why? You know, our little kids start asking us why, and we have to say because, or we, you know, I remember the why stage from my daughter. and um, But it's to look at what it was that created that and what we can do to, dissolve it it doesn't mean never to be it's, it's a history lesson really but it's the same thing how do we shift right. it in ourselves first and then our world around us so but right I
2: mean, well and i think that's a lot i mean again you know this is on topic and and not on topic but that's a lot about what deity work is you know is looking at the stories and the energies of these gods and 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 asking, how can this story serve where I am right now? Or where am I in this story? And you might not be in the story. That might not be your story. You know, uh, Hera might not be your goddess. You, you might look at her energy and her tales and be like, yeah, no. But there might be a point in your life where you very much identify with her or her stories. There might be a time in your life where you feel like one of the objects of her anger, (laughs) that someone Uh else is directing that stuff at you. Maybe you've got mom issues and your relationship with your parent is very much like Hara Hera is the representation of your mother Or your father or some parental figure In your life and how can you work Through her story and come to Peace and, and healing Working with that that's what Working with deity is about in my very, very Humble opinion The gods help us By showing us potential roads and avenues By giving us advice by giving us Clues by giving us you know Like they did it wrong so that we can do It differently right how do we learn from Others mistakes um and I think it's really possible to look at the story of Hera and any deity and be like how can this best serve me? How does this serve my spiritual process right now? How do how can I heal my stuff with this goddess? And that's why I'm such a big uh proponent of working with deity and finding the right relationship because there are so many gods, there are so many goddesses, there are so many options. That when you find a relationship with a deity that really vibes and really works for you, you don't have to make a lifelong commitment to that deity. You might just be going through something right now that that deity can help you with, that they can show you a pathway. They can hold your hand and give you advice or smack your face and give you advice, you know? I I, I tend to be drawn to the smack-your-face type deity. But that's that's why we talk about God. That's why we encourage working with deity. That's that's a big reason that so many people come to polytheism is to have a relationship, a personal relationship, and not um, a priest or an intermediary telling me what I need to do or I need to pray harder or whatever, you know? So how Mm -hmm. can Hera serve you? Um,
1: Right. You know. And it's, it's, it's funny, I came across, and I mean Hera, obviously the symbols her her you know like who her children were, and you know all the different things that go with that are things you can find in online i mean she obviously we know she's you know the the daughter of Cronos and Rhea, who were titans, yeah, uh, you know she became the the wife of Zeus. She is the sky god, queen of the gods, and, you know, she deals with sky and wind and marriage and children, childbirth, fertility, that kind of a thing. You've got all these yeah. different references, and they're all reasons for them. But the thing that, um, and, you know, here goes, here goes a sidebar. When I was reading about Zeus and his, you know, hit the marriage kind of a thing, and I thought, look at what happened. First of all, he tricks her. He, he shows himself to be one thing and then isn't is something else. Does this sound familiar in a lot of what our clients tell us and what we've experienced in relationships with men that we have gotten into? Number two, then he decides that he really wants her, so he rapes her. means he mm-hmm. takes her by force, which also is, you know, we may or may not have experienced it, but it is something that is very common. And then third, so that she can keep um, the dignity of the process, they marry, okay? And I thought, think of that as the symbology of each of what's happened in our world to women and this dynamic, but also that what happened in the cultures that were originally matriarchal or highly matriarchal, and the mm-hmm. dynamics was it came down to they come in they look like something then they just dis- they've disguised and they're not then they take and force their their attentions or their their things on them and so by virtue of trying to be um, to bring dignity to the situation to bring survival we kind of all meld together then we all get pissed off because the dynamics of course becomes abusive and I'm thinking right oh boy it it, it it's distilled down but it is something where the original process was nobody honored each other they became dishonored right. and so because Hera is someone who whether i i personally have a real personal relationship but i do to a degree but in love work you're not just dealing with Aphrodite most of the time you're dealing with the Hera process of wanting somebody wanting a committed relationship and all the things that go with that. So it, it does mean I work with her energy a lot when I'm dealing with clients as well as what I've had to learn and do in my own life. So this has been a very, like, eye-opener on how deep this runs, but how we can change it because when we know the source, you know how to find the answer to shifting it, it may not be turning it back right. to patriarchy, which I mean is the complete opposite of how people functioned. You know, we'll turn it all patriarchy, then we'll all turn it back to matriarchy, and it's back and forth. But there's this this other mm-hmm. part. And Hera, Hera, I feel has the clue. I don't know why, but I feel she has the clue. So.
2: Mm, interesting.
1: Yeah. I think oh, it's but... um, you
2: know I it, it, I think that that's um the world is not this or that. It's not black or white. It's not cut and dry. It's not just this one thing and none of the other thing. And I feel like our modern human culture really needs it to be this or that. And life is much more nuanced than that. Um, And I'm going to say something (laughs) again, this is all about Hera and yet it's not directly about Hera, (laughs) but you know, there's, I think that a problem is saying, you know, yes, patriarchy is a major issue. It, it is. It's, it's part of the reasons our culture is so toxic, because there's a divorce of, of human and land and forgetting that we are connected. And this is, again, super my opinion. By stepping into paganism, I always make the assumption that people want relationship with the land, that people want to become more ecological, that people want to be more uh, left-leaning in their politics because left-leaning people tend to be more inclusive and tend to be more focused on healing the earth. Again, generalizations, I know that's not true 100% of the time. But one of the things I'm discovering, especially because I write a very public blog, is that it's not true. There are a lot of pagans who are not left-leaning. There are lots of pagans and witches who do not want to do, to even discuss or think about politics. And I don't know if that's because they would just want to keep their heads in the sand or because, you know, that's how they were raised. I don't know what the reasoning is, but that is not how I function. And it's, and it's been kind of a shock to me, like, a, like cold water down my back, that there are people who call themselves witches and pagans who are super conservative um, who are not inclusive, who are Republican or, or conservative-leaning in their politics, that really surprises me. And it just goes to further show my theory that the world is not black and white. Nothing is just this or that. And, and the more we try to force that binary, uh, the more trouble we're going to be in. And I think that's what our culture is experiencing right now, is this old school holding on to the binary and this new school, like, no, life is not binary. It's not this or that. It, and, and the separation of that. And I agree. I feel like Hera is an interesting goddess for these times because it, it goes back to this initiation concept. Our humankind is going through an initiation right now, and it's pretty big and painful and, and could lead to a huge, huge disaster for, our, for people and the planet. Um, and she's a goddess to guide us through that because it's likely to happen, not to be a negative Nelly. um, But all of the things that individual people have been doing to try and, quote-unquote, save the planet aren't working. And if things don't happen on a bigger scale, we're headed down a very scary road. We're likely headed down that road whether we like it or not. So who can show us how to get through it? And on the other side of calamity, who will be there to help us build structures and put things back together. And I don't think all deities are built for that. Um, I think Hera is an interesting one to to be here for that, especially because she rode the wave from the transition from the Titans to the Olympians. She was part of that process of of the old culture falling away and the new culture being built. Uh, And I don't think that's something we think about. As pagans, is who were the the gods that have already been through this shift in culture, and how can we call on them to help us now?
1: Right, right, and that's very it's very interesting because um, for her, for Hera, she is you know among other things, she is considered the personification of the atmosphere. Think of that not just the atmosphere like the air, but the atmosphere of. Of culture, the atmosphere of modern society, the atmosphere of, and she can be very, as you say, initiatory. Sherry, she's, she's the one that steps back from you know the dynamic. So she's almost on the order of like um, Circe and you know Persephone and, and where she holds two, the you know she holds two areas you know, of the light, the dark, the transformation. And I see this as a, as a discussion about something bigger than what, you know, I read and, and researched and, and all of that about all the different, you know. <clears throat> we get stuck in the minutiae, and I, I don't mean that as a negative. It's just we do. We like the little things that we can go, oh, her scepter has a cuckoo on it, and it's this. And, you know, we get really excited about mm-hmm. those things. I do, I always do. Yeah but I realized when I was doing this, this was something far more personal to the present moment, but in a bigger context of where we have seen, because whether or not history is written by the victors or not, history is written. We have written history, and whether we have documented now by video or digital or whatever it is, but we do have it, so if you look at it, And you work with it. I think that's the part that we are, especially, as you say, the pagans, we hold a a big container, and hopefully that container takes in the potatoes and the tomatoes and the broth and the celery and a few things of kale and all the different things that make a soup that is what you know, what it is and to enjoy the flavor that is unique to it. And I think, obviously, I must be getting hungry because I'm making allegories to, uh, alliterations to food. <laughs> but um, it's it's that that concocting of something new. And and I'm I'm like looking at this going, wow, this is like the big one when I started doing it. So um, we might want to take right. a break. And then I think if you want to... Yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? We might want to then kind of go back and maybe talk about some of the more traditional things that, you know, like her feast and and some of those things.
2: Yeah, sounds good.
1: Okay. All right, we'll be right back. All right.
0: The is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All All-time specific, add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Wow,
1: here we are again. Whee! Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Hera. Hera, traditional stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things. Um, why don't you take it away? I'm gonna I'm gonna step back. I've been babbling a lot this time.
2: Sure. So she's um, the wife of Zeus, obviously. Uh, In the Roman uh, mythology, she's um, Juno, which is one of the moons of Saturn, which I always find to be interesting. Uh, One of the, from an astrological viewpoint, one of the interesting things to look at are the moons and the asteroids. So, you know, if you're an astrology person, go look into that. Uh, she was often referred to as the Queen of Heaven, which is interesting. The um, Queen of Heavens in other pantheons, so that's a, another interesting thread to look at. Uh-huh. Um, she, her sacred animals are a peacock and a cow, and there are several stories relating to those different animals. Often because she, you know, punishes someone to be one of those animals, <laughs> or fall in love with one <laughs> of those animals, or whatever. Um, the peacock story is really interesting i um when I was a very young witch just starting out i don't remember where I got this information, but I learned or read or saw and this is pre internet so it had to have been in a book or from a teacher that uh, peacock feathers were bad luck to have in your home and so I am very uh, i I internalize that and i don't like i don't like peacock feathers um Personally, but I know a lot of witches and pagans love peacock feathers because of, of other deities or the – and what's odd is, you know, peacocks are often connected to phoenixes and, you know, that name. It's kind of my name and, um, you know, all those things. But in in the story of, of Hera and the peacock, there is someone who was her adoring servant, and then he got caught with a wandering eye. Uh, and also was very fond of looking at himself, and so she turned him into, oh, and he was a seer. He could see the future, and she got a little too obsessed about his powers, and she turned him into a peacock, and then all of those eyes represent his, his abilities, um, and his wandering eyes, so it's sort of a double double entendre there, um, But you often see her connected with peacocks, and it's become like this positive symbol, even though it was originally like a punishment. There you go. Uh, She's got many children. I I probably won't name all of them. We might come to that. I don't know. Uh, You already mentioned her parents. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's interesting is this uh, queen of heaven and the the cow, because she was considered very beautiful, even though she's often described as cow-faced. And in Egyptian mythology, which is just across the water, Egypt from Greece, Hathor is the cow goddess in Egyptian myth, and she was also considered very beautiful and a goddess of fertility. So there's something interesting. There's an interesting um, similarity there. Uh, But she's a protector of women. She's very fierce. She uh, presides over marriages. She's someone you call on when you want to get married. She's someone you call on when you want to have a baby. Um, but yeah, there's
1: and then there's all the many, many
2: stories, so I don't know. Do you want to add anything before we come into some of the other things?
1: Well, one of the things I found out was that there was a feast that she has, and I'm trying to determine what the actual date is, but it was um, the Hera- Heraria, and it was a competition, and it basically happened every four years um, around the full moon in August. And what it was was a 160-yard race that was run, and it was in three different layers of age brackets of women. <clears throat> and it was they were to you know they were bare-breasted, hair unbound and three ages, and it would be the maiden, the mother, and the the, the crone, or the elder woman, the the older woman, and <clears throat> they would run, and they would, the, the when they would be, they would have three winners, and then they each had an olive crown that would be brought, you know, on top of their head, and obviously the cow was sacrificed, but they also had the right to leave a statuette of themselves in Harris shrine, and this was, um, you know, her most sacred shrine was in near Argos, and another one near Samia, uh, Samario, Samor, Samoria, Samora, and mm-hmm. uh, so she. You know, th- there was this incredible consciousness that, and it was funny because it said, "Well before the Olympics," <laughs> and I thought, "Yeah, that's true." I mean, I'm sure there were other cultures and other parts of Greece and, and you know, Europe and everything that had it. But this was something that really caught me is that it was about this three levels, the three because she is mm-hmm.
2: she is basically
1: equated to the three stages of womanhood or or, or a life. So right. that's what I wanted.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There's a lot of stories too about her origins and who her parents are and then who raised her and there are different configurations of Titans. And, uh, you know, again, we think of Greece, the Greek gods as belonging to Greece, but you have to remember Greece is not the size of your town. Greece is very big. It's a huge country. It's a piece of land, you know? And so the way things happened in different regions and then even in different villages would have been different. So the way Hera was worshiped in this city would be different than this city. So we kind of, in modern times, we blend those all together but in ancient times, it would have been very different, and I think that's important to remember too. When we look at, well, why does this story say that these were her parents, and this story say that these were her pa- these different Titans were her parents? It's because it's from a different region, uh, and the the stories were slightly different depending on what what region you were from. Um, but because she was one of the Olympians and one of the children of the Titans, she does feature prominently all over the place. She's not, you know, one of the um demi gods or smaller quote unquote smaller deities who may not show up everywhere she she shows up everywhere mhm
1: mhm well and of course the the golden apples of of uh,
2: mm-hmm. her um, the trojan Spartans,
1: war history, and hesperides the trojan war yeah the trojan war these were all things that were part of you know They changed, but they were there. Like she was given this golden apple tree for her wedding gift and this beautiful garden. And then, you know, from there, other things, other stories, other myths came out of it. But I found it interesting that she had a serpent (laughs) that guarded the tree. I wonder how that got brought back down into Christianity, you know, that kind of a thing. So there, I say this not because I'm being tacky, but because you can. see how things amalgamated into another form Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so that it's Mm -hmm. not like, well, it's only mine, so I'm keeping it here. It's that, well, it came from way before, and it was another way for people to talk about things or to frame things, and again, each time shifts according to what the agenda is for that particular group that's doing that, and you know, um, but I I found the you know I I'd forgotten about the you know the golden apples and and the and the whole
2: thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Was, oh, and then it kind of went off. But the Trojan mm-hmm. War was another one. <laughs> if you you know right. pick sides and and you know which it, which is going. has a, an apple in it. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So,
1: you know, we have many kinds of things that come up but in terms of her myth in terms of where she stands she's obviously you know the pomegranate is very important in in a lot of what she and I think she holds it in a lot of the statues and and artwork of right. you know the, the process and it has the same meaning as you know what we have known for um Persephone and you know the 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 seeds of life so to speak right so I, yeah you know, the ultimate process of what what are they doing? What are they what are they going? Right. So um,
2: one of the interesting crossover things with Hera and Juno in Rome is uh, Juno was a very important Roman god. Um, mm-hmm. Juno and Jupiter and Minerva were considered sort of the three biggest deities of rome and and uh juno was the patron of rome right so although this is a different goddess and a different culture there is crossover Um, uh and the the matronalia matronalia the big Mm -hmm. roman celebration of juno happened in the month of june which is what the month of june is named after the goddess juno um, and that is when it's most auspicious to get married, which is a theme that has continued into modern times. A lot of you know, June is the wedding month, right? Everyone knows that, and that is that goes back to Juno, which goes back to Hera, as the the month to get married. Which I find you know one of those little interesting threads that survived.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know it. it um, and it was, and I we keep moving because you know sometimes when you look at it you go well there's Hathor and then there's Hera and then she goes to you know then there's a version going Juno and we mm-hmm. and the queen of of heaven and that's an uh, that is an epithet of mother mary you know the the mm-hmm. and Inanna and Inanna so mm-hmm. you see they have yep. these threads of the ultimate mother goddess now the thing i felt you know how do how do we want to say this um Zeus decided he would, you know, obviously produce a child of his own, but obviously he had to swallow the mother to be able to do that, and that was Athena. And that was, I think it was Simonelli, mm-hmm. Seminelli. A Somali, Seminelli. She, was, she was swallowed. So, so yeah. you know, Hera decides she's going to create one from her. She smells a flower and gets pregnant, and, of course, that's Hephaestus. And, you know, versions are she was disgusted by it. She threw him out of heaven. Uh, versions are Zeus got pissed off because he was, you know, blah, blah, and he threw him out of heaven because he was, you know, somewhat crippled, that kind of thing. But it's, it's the fact that she was called a parthenogenic mother. She could create life from herself. And every time mm-hmm. I say that and we go through the process of Zeus, I just think of um, the movie Twins and Arnold Schwarzenegger becoming the, 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 car- the bearer of, the, <laughs> of a child. And um of course, right. you know, you had Danny DeVito and, and um the the different characters but I uh, it it became another version in our modern world of producing that. Not necessarily as a test tube baby, but as a, you know, I'm carrying the baby kind of thing. And I was like yeah. Oh my God. You know, even the myths get reworked to be present in our modern day but
2: yeah. um Yeah. And that actually reminds me, Hera did not, was not interested in marrying Zeus. She got tricked into marrying Zeus um, because Hera was, is, was well known for her love of plants and animals. And Zeus, one of his many, one, a trick that Zeus used a lot was he transformed himself into an animal and pretended to be injured. And mm-hmm. when she held the, this injured animal to try to warm it and calm it and take care of it, He was like, surprise, it's me, Zeus. And she was ashamed of being taken advantage of, supposedly, and agreed to marry him because, you know, it was shameful to have been caught in the arms of taking a man into your arms if you weren't married. How scandalous. Um, But one of the theories is that uh, she was very unhappy and she plotted against him. Uh, and they stole his thunderbolts. But you know, the coup didn't work out, and people came to Zeus's aid, and so he punished Hera. And in order to be freed from her punishment, she said she would never do anything against him again. She promised. And that's one of the theories of why she punishes his lovers and his children by those lovers, because she can't punish him, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is a story I'd forgotten about. <laughs>
1: Well, and, and again, think about it, in light of what that represented, you cannot punish or be mean to your husband if this is the dynamic of what has happened in the, the transition. And so that power right. then goes to being punishing and being mean to the children you know, right. or right. lovers or whoever. And it was a diverted energy yep. pattern of that. In which, I mean, we go back to you know making it a bigger consciousness. Isn't that what you do when you have victors who do that that win the win the thing and and say now we're the ones in control and then the people that have to kind of take you know the the brunt of yes you're right and then they go after someone that's less powerful and more weak. So um, it's and it's right. come down again into our particular uh, profession. <laughs> Where people want to get back at the go- at the girl that took the guy that you know the, you know whatever right you know, right and, and right. we see the same thing and yep. you know instead of looking at the fact that it's the proclivity of the person doing the original perpetrating i.e. the guy or if it's a you know female female the other partner we'll just say the other partner that was doing it they're the ones not. Person over here, they may have designs on them, but you know, if right. you're not interested, right. you're not interested, that kind of thing. So, I guess yep. because I come from family dynamics where there's a lot of different things that have happened, and I think we all do, but I've come to realize that it takes two to do something as much as it right. is just, you know, and I don't know. There's there's a lot of feeling about that too. So totally different subject matter. Um, but anyway, that she is a very, to me, she represents dignity. She really does. Hera represents dignity to me.
2: Right.
1: In her I true like that. Sense, not in the the, the 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 demonized sense, but in the in what she represents, right. Said that particular story. It was. Um, you don't do that, so you you have to take this. And it wasn't because of what the culture that uh, was now in power. It was her own sense of, of, you know, dignity and self-worth, saying, I can't, if this is what's happened, I can't admit, you know, being tricked and, you know, uh, taken advantage of, how do I make this, how do I make it look better? How do I become better with what has happened? How do I make it better?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So I think nice. we're at our time, my dear. We are. We are at our time.
2: Yeah. So thanks
1: for listening and I guess
2: um officially the if you're listening to the show live next week our show will be on Zeus. So you'll get to hear the other side of the story. Um and if you're not listening to this live then the next episode will be whatever you decide to listen to next. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is true. That is true. So, uh, <laughs> but until, thanks
2: for listening. Uh, oh, one more thing, one quick plug. We have, um, you know, we have the summer off technically for Elvira and I, although you will still be getting fresh content. So, don't worry, we've got you covered. But coming mm-hmm. up in um, September, we'll be doing our Ask a Witch episode. So, on the first Friday of September, which is the 6th, We'll be doing our Ask the Witch show where you can write in your questions if you want us to do a reading, if there's a topic you're curious about our feelings or responses to, write in and tell us or ask us and we'll try to get your question on the show. And the way to do that is to go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com and fill out the little questionnaire.
1: There you yes. go. Very much. So we will... We will be back live, um, officially after you hear this in September with that show. So
2: Yep. We That's
1: will look right. forward to the questions. Um, Have a very wonderful summer. We will summer. see you
2: later. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.